Welcome to Snack Overflow, a bite-sized show about snacks and computers. I'm your host, Darty Herpa. On this week's episode, we talk creative ways to obtain new technology, snack jingles, ill-advised ice cream combos, and what it means to be a person while surrounded by technology. Welcome, Kendra. Thanks. Yeah! Yay! Pew, pew! <laughs> to my podcast, it's called Snack Overflow. <laughs> Snack Overflow? Yes. Interesting. Yeah, it's a pun on a computer website, which Got is it. called Stack Overflow. Okay. I'm also probably going to have to not include I don't know. If they, I don't know how they feel about like defamation. It's not really defamation. I don't know. I don't Ask know. a lawyer. Fair use? I don't know. Um, I feel like puns should always be f- fair use. Fair game. Yeah, I feel that too. Um, do you want to introduce yourself to the fine people who listen sure. here? Sure. Yeah. My name is Kendra. Yeah. and I were roommates. We were. It was great. Oh, what a great year it we had. Such a weird and great year. <laughs> Co-conspirators. <laughs> um, what other stuff do you want me to say about myself? Addie K. Whenever you're comfortable. Addie the... K. My BFF chill. Yeah. Whenever you feel yeah, like telling um, the fine people of the internet. I love snacks. Yeah. Pretty, pretty much more than anything. Oh. And I love computers more than I should. So it seems perfect. You are a perfect guest. Perfect yeah. So the two topics of the show are tell me about a snack-related thing and tell me about a computer-related thing. I like to start with snacks because I like to eat dessert first, basically. <laughs> Agreed. So the story I'm going to tell is about cheese. Yes. It's a kind of a two-part story, and it goes back to my days at Hampshire College on a farm in the middle of nowhere, trapped inside because of the winter. So... Um, my two good friends and I were both feeling rather creative and we were like, let's make some ice cream. What flavor would you possibly think would be a good flavor for ice cream? How about blue cheese or okay. like gorgonzola? <laughs> and I don't know why all three of us convinced ourselves that that was a good idea, but we did. Yeah. Um, and our roommates were like, this is, this is truly, truly a bad idea. Like, I guarantee you this will not go well. <laughs> Um, we're like, no, you're just a hater. No, you just don't have an advanced palate. No, I'm just, I'm a big douchebag, so yeah. I'm just going to do it anyway. So we went to Whole Foods and we got fancy cheeses and we got all ready to make our ice cream and we spent hours making this ice right. cream. We were like putting it together, looking up the best way to do it. Oh, ice cream machine. Everything is good. It finally comes out and it smelled like cheese, like yeah. really, yeah, really solidly like a big tub of cheese. Um, but that's to be expected. It's cheese ice cream. It's going to be great. We can have it with like jam or something. Yeah. And I took a bite. And I was like, I might throw up. This is horrible. Oh, no. And then we're like, no, maybe it just needs some time in the freezer. And so it stayed in the freezer for months on end. But it led to a wonderful song. So yes. the second part of this song, or excuse me, the second part of this story is that my old roommate was champion of jingles. Yes. And so we would just write jingles about stuff. We walk around the house, make a jingle about this, make a jingle about that. But the best jingle we ever did was about Gorgonzola. Yes. And it goes like so. <laughs> Gorgonzola, the perfect blend of cheese and feet. <laughs> and it's just, it's true. It is the perfect yeah. blend of cheese and feet. And so was that ice cream. Yeah. It never got good. I feel like there was one about butter. There's a peanut butter one. Peanut butter. But I don't know if I remember it right, and yeah. I've just kind of changed it over time, but yeah. it was something like, it's not too salty, but it's not too sweet. What's it? Peanut butter. <laughs> something like that. <laughs> That's awesome. My friend made much, she made kind of the 
wide variety yeah. of them. She did a lot more than I did, but I love them. Oh, the jingles are so good. Yeah. This friend actually went on to be a baker, and the other friend went on to be a cheesemonger. So oh, they've well. kind of gone in their respective ways. I just went into healthcare, whatever. Yeah. I mean, they, the Far food. less cheese-based, <laughs> you'd hope. Well, who can say, you know? People do weird stuff every day. That is, you that know. is the damn truth. <laughs> so That is the truth. I don't know. Maybe you'll find that there's going to be... This might be a highly cheese-based career in primary health care. Yeah. Like, undercover, like, low-key, cheesy. Yeah. Like, less less overtly cheesy than mm-hmm. a cheesemonger, mm-hmm. but... Hmm. It's possible. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> um, that wasn't a very delicious snack story. It's more of a disgusting snack story, but it's a snack story It is a snack story. I love it. That's perfect. Uh, <laughs> that's so good. Um, I remember when we lived together, I was weirdly convinced that all you ate were potatoes which is not true <laughs> and i was just like i was always eating potatoes but i think it's only because i happened to see you like w- you know Once more than more than a few occasions yeah. i ate potatoes pretty regularly but it wasn't like it was the only thing you ate but i was just like oh potatoes are, you know you know what it was is that oftentimes when you came home and i was eating it was that i was like dragging myself home and right. the fastest thing to have was yeah. a big potato because i can i do them in the microwave yeah and it's so quick i think I was like, oh, well, I think Kendra just really likes potatoes. So I remember I used to make these things I called potacos. Oh, so good. Potato tacos. <laughs> so good. And I was like convinced. I was like, Kendra will like these because there's potato in them. <laughs> I liked them because they were good and there was potato in them. But yeah. potato is not my but, main yeah. food intake. And I think at the time you were gluten-free. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, yeah, this is perfect. Everyone can eat. We eat. In- <laughs> we eat together. <laughs> yeah. Together we shall eat. Yeah. I think I'm just really obsessed with... Um, I think food is the way we relate to one another and Definitely. so I like to take I'm like a feeder I want I'm like a, I'm the witch in Hansel and Gretel I want yeah. to plump everybody up but without maybe the killing of small oh, children without yeah without killing and eating the children I, yeah. like the fun part where like I live in all house the of good candy, parts of Hansel and Gretel <laughs> everyone gets out without a rampage there's no murder yeah it's just eating solid so that's kind of yeah well I think that's one of the things that like is such a strange part of the transition kind of from being in high school and then College and post-college are both weird food transition times. Because yes. at least for me, I grew up in a family where you eat every dinner together yes. every single night. Yes. That's just how it is. Um, you have to have a pretty good excuse to not be eating dinner yeah. with your family. Um, and then in college, you know, sometimes you eat, like if you're eating in the dorms, you're eating with people, if you're eating. And then when I moved into off-campus housing, um, a lot of times I was eating by myself and then kind of transitioning out of college. I ate most of my meals by myself yeah. too. And it's such a bummer. Yeah. Like eating with People is super important. It is, and it's really lonely to eat alone. I don't like yeah. to do it to and this I eat day. Poorly, yeah. When I eat alone, it's yeah. a lot of microwave nachos. Uh, I was really kind of infamous for my love of both strawberry Fanta and double chocolate pop tarts. Uh, something That's so much sugar. It is so much sugar. Because <laughs> my parents are really good about restricting my sugar intake. Uh-huh. So when I got to college, I was like, I can eat anything. It's gonna be candy for I'm four on years. Top of the world. <laughs> so, and it's something that the girls that I lived with in university still bring up to this day, <laughs> and it's been like ten years. And they'd be like, Hey, remember that time you ate an entire like tub of chocolate frosting by yourself? I'm like, Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, I regret nothing. <laughs> yeah, I I kind of have a bit of a reputation for eating a whole bag of marshmallows. Yeah. On many occasions. Yeah. I love marshmallows. I mean, long care, don't care. You know, yeah. my metabolism is only going to be awesome once. And so I took advantage of it. Yeah. And I wish that I could eat like that. And I think once I moved out 
here post-college, it was very much like, oh, I should learn how to eat like an adult. And it's been difficult. And every once in a while, I'll find myself doing like, well, especially in college-esque situations, Mm -hmm. eating as if I were in college. So like I was in Maine, uh, maybe six months, not six months ago, several months ago. Yeah. um, With my best friends from college. And we went up to my friend's cabin and we all had brunch together. Mm -hmm. And I think I ate almost a whole stick of butter. Just like the bread (laughs) was so good that I was like, please pass it again. And when I got back from a five-day trip my pants didn't fit oh no i was like well that's not an everyday kind of that's not how we eat every day anymore (laughs) carbs uh carbs are the the best no carbs are the best don't blaspheme the carbs i mean if it was possible to have a bread husband or partner i would totally do it yeah but then he'd be gone because you'd eat him i would and then i'd be put in jail for having eaten my husband. <laughs> Back to Hansel and Gretel. <laughs> so what you're really saying is you do want I am the, the witch. Part. Oh, I guess I do want the whole... But only if, like, it's, like... I don't know. The people have to be made of already food. Of products. already food, and they also have to have, like, not feelings. Like, they can't hurt them when I eat them. Okay. Because if they did, then I would feel really bad. Yeah. Probably wouldn't be as delicious. You wouldn't enjoy it if they were hurting. No. No. I like the... I, you know, it's like a painless transaction. Yeah. Definitely. I was having a conversation with a friend about... Oh, there was this article in the Atlantic about like why are millennials so obsessed with food, mm-hmm. and her answer was because we can't afford houses. Yes, <laughs> is that really it? Yes. <laughs> that was really her answer. You did it. Yes, oh, that's and so funny. I was like, yeah, and it's a thing you can do without hurting like people. Yeah, like, you know, it's like oh, I can eat this thing and go for a nice dinner, and it's like not too expensive. I can have a nice time, and nobody got hurt in the process. Exactly. You know? So it's like one of those like very kind of still very pure pleasures. Yeah, and life. I think. Too, if we're thinking about like, okay, millennials, especially in the Bay Area, are making a lot of money, but things are costing so, so much, much money yeah. that it kind of doesn't matter that you're making a ton of money. You're still not going to be like deve- developmentally on track like yes. people are in other parts of the country where people are in their late 20s and like buying a house. Yeah. No one does that. What's that? I just got back from a weekend in Vegas and everybody there was like, I have a husband and a house. And I'm like, who are you? <laughs> I have housemates and uh, student loan debt. <laughs> and <laughs> snacks. <laughs> but I have, my snacks will keep me warm. Yeah. You know, well, situation. a friend of mine, um, a friend of mine from high school just yeah. bought a condo in the East Bay with her husband. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty. Right. Very nice. Right. Very small. Right. And it was like $350,000 oh or maybe God. more, which is like the price. If you watch a lot of HGTV, uh, that is the price of some nice houses yeah. in other parts of the country. Yeah. Every time someone tells me that they're going to buy a house or a home or something, I think, just leave the Bay Area and buy 12, you know? I know. But I know. I know. I don't know. I think we're all going to end up in Montana living in yurts before it's I all think. over. I think. I'm not allowed to say this around Izzy anymore because last time I said this, it happened. So I was in a lift. With a friend of mine, yeah, coming home about two a.m., and I was talking about how the only way that I think the tech bubble, bu- the tech bubble, the tech <laughs> bubble is actually going to burst, yeah. is when we have a big earthquake. Oh, and less than two hours later, we had a six. <laughs> and she's like, he thinks you're a witch. Are you a witch? <laughs> so now I'm not allowed to predict earthquakes anymore, oh. just in case. Well, but who knows? So I guess we can kind of transition into talking yeah. about computers now, since we've talked a little bit about tech culture. Yes, definitely. Um, my favorite memory of our time together when we lived together was um, you had this, I think you have a really good ability to spot 
something that you can use to your advantage and then you're really really patient in seeing it through to fruition thank you and i think this is really admirable and i don't have the patience for it but i remember you were like i don't want to buy a kindle so what i'm going to do is i'm going to flip kindles on craigslist until i get one of my own Uh and you do that with a lot of your tech yeah with most of it actually the only the only piece of technology that i've just like outright paid for Mm -hmm. was my laptop which I proceeded to spill a cup of coffee on a year later <laughs> and did the same thing. Like, I got a cheap refurbished one yeah. to replace it, which has just been kind of the case ever since. But, yeah, I always do that. I don't know why. I feel like – well, I like to keep myself, like, at least one or two generations behind mm-hmm. in tech because I hate spending money. Right. But I love internet. The yeah. internet. I love the internet. <laughs> and yes. I love, like – doing fun and technology stuff yeah um but it's so expensive to kind of keep up with it right and so i always figure if i can stay like right now i have a five Mm -hmm. iphone five and it's still pretty like new-ish to me sure and so then when the new iphone 30,000 comes out (laughs) i can be like now i have a six and it'll be like this is insane look at all the new capabilities it has yeah um I just feel like that I keep myself kind of purposely one pur- cycle on. purposely distanced from it to keep it cheap because there's absolutely no reason why I need to be on the cutting edge. edge. Yeah, I guess the other thing with me is that like I have this like this battle within myself yeah. to be like I don't need anything fancy. I'll yeah. just go back to a flip phone. Oh, like yeah. I just want to like have that self sufficiency in a way. And I was talking with my mom about this the other day that I you know I just started driving. Yeah. Like, regularly. I've had my license for a while, but didn't really drive ever. Mm-hmm. And so now whenever I drive anywhere, I have my little GPS on yeah. my phone, and I can just go anywhere I want with absolutely no worry about, like, oh, I get lost. Now what'll I do? Right. And I know how to use a map. I mean, I'm old enough that <laughs> I was a child in a time without GPS. Yeah. But everyone else who's my age who learned to drive at the appropriate time right. when everyone learns to drive yeah. knows how to get around in a way that's a lot more intuitive. Right. Um. And so I was talking kind of about the ways in which tech is handicapping us. Mm-hmm. Um, that we have all these like superhuman skills. Like, oh, you want to know who that bit part actor was in that B, like that B film from the 70s? Yeah. I can tell you in 30 seconds. Yeah. Which is weird. Like, that's weird that we yeah. can do that. I think that I miss supposition. Like, mm. I miss going to bars with friends and just talking about stuff and then trying to figure out if a thing did or didn't happen. Yeah. So I feel like bar fights have actually probably bottomed out. <laughs> I remember in like 08, we were watching the Obama election and I got into an argument with a friend of mine about where Journey was from. And I was like, yo, Journey's from San Francisco. <laughs> and she was like, no, they're from Canada. And I was like, oh, no. And <laughs> we didn't have like smartphones weren't that yeah. problem. Like, I think that iPhone had come out the year before and we were like just out of school. So like totally. we weren't going to spend $600 on a phone. And she was like, no, it is. And then I got to send the most self-satisfied email of my life. <laughs> the next time I told you. Because she was from Toronto. And so, so she, she was really, she was really into like, being like, oh, did you know this band secretly is from Toronto? And I was like, I mean, okay. But you have the rep where you're from, so that's yeah. fair. But I, it was like, in the next, I had Wikipedia when I got home. I had to like remember it and be mad about it for a while. And then I was yeah. like, ugh. Well, the thing that I realized too is so I was sick last week and mm-hmm. so I spent a lot of time in bed just like, ugh, yeah. I'm dead. Um, 
but one thing I noticed is I'd be like drifting off to sleep and if my phone buzzed I got this weird like rush of adrenaline mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so our bodies are physically like attached to these technology yeah. things in very real like hormonal ways yeah. and like physiological ways and the fact that like I can be sitting with you, but if my phone buzzes, my attention isn't on us anymore. Right. It's just bizarre to me. Yeah. It's it's kind of hard to wrap my mind around because I also totally like I can simultaneously have all these thoughts and like hate all this mm-hmm. and be totally in it. Yeah. Like totally. I have my phone on me all the time. Yeah. If I don't have my phone, I feel the I feel yeah. the lack. Like I feel like I left a limb somewhere. Exactly. Um, but I also wonder about like what politeness looks like in a technological age that is so interesting because for instance like when i go to dinner with somebody i put my phone away Mm -hmm. until an appropriate break in the evening like we're about to pay or we're we've just paid and we're all like and then i can like you know see if i've been contacted because i'm so fancy (laughs) um but yeah i i I lost my phone in Vancouver. I went up for a work trip and I was without my phone for a month because I was like, I'm not buying a new one out of pocket. This is ridiculous because I'm cheap in my heart. And so I just went without for a month. And it was really interesting because I was still able to text via my computer because Mm -hmm. like Apple has this message thing. So people were still able to contact me. But if I made plans with somebody, they had to keep them. They couldn't cancel because I had no way of knowing. I was like, I guess I'm just going to leave my house and see what happens. And I was super into it. I started reading more. I realized that my commutes were just like me staring very much at my phone, Mm -hmm. which was interesting and made me feel weird. Um, I did a lot of really good people watching. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I know like people go on and on about like digital detox, but... Um, but it's real too yeah. like it's it's so super pretentious and irritating and it's also something it's also, that's very real like yeah, I left true. my phone at a friend's house in like in Moraga and so I was not going back to get it that day yeah. I was like next time you come to the city I guess bring my phone yeah and I happened to have like an old clamshell phone yeah T-Mobile loved it <laughs> um and I was able to like just buy a five dollar sim card and have that for the yeah. time so I had like I had texting I had phone calls, and that was the extent of it. Yeah. And truly, that is, you don't even, like, that's not a need. But in the age where everyone has cell phones, if you're going to have a cell phone, that's all that you actually need. Yeah. And yet, at the time, I mean, I was relying 100% on public transportation and just like, when is the next bus? Never, or maybe now, <laughs> I don't know. Sometime between those two, yeah, I guess. I, it's a roll of the dice, right? Because you're like, because Muni doesn't really adhere to any real schedule. There's like a suggested, like, maybe this will happen. It's like, throw the glitter in the air and see how it falls. And if you can interpret that, like, you have to yeah. just, it's crazy. It's like tea leaves. Like, oh, this means that a 14 is coming. Exactly. <laughs> it's so rough. But, yeah, I, I think that, like, I, I think that it's interesting that it is so hard to pull yourself away. And it feels so good when you don't have it. Yeah. And even though it feels so good, the second you have it back, you're like, oh, thank God. Yeah. No, it's very strange. Yeah. Um, and I wonder about, like, how our brains are changing. I'm wondering about how this next generation, because I feel like you and I are the last generation that didn't have, like, internet. an internet presence in high school. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I'm, I'm a little bit younger than you, and my senior year in high school, my space was, like, beginning to yeah. be a thing. Yeah. And I remember, like, people had a MySpace, and you just would, like, comment on other people's walls, and it was so exciting. But that was the extent of it. Like, there was no Facebook when we were in high school. I just feel like if I had a cell phone and Twitter in high school, I would have not graduated. You know what I'm more afraid of? If I would have had any of that in middle school, like, cyberbullying? Oh, Oh, so real. God. I mean, yeah. Louis C.K. has this bit 
where he talks about why he won't let his girls have cell phones Mm -hmm. because it's easy to insult somebody and then be like, ha ha, I did it. And then like not see someone's face crumple and not develop empathy. Yeah. And so I really identify with them. Like, yeah, totally. You don't. Oh, I'm going to be a straight up mean mom. Like, my kids are going to hate me. But they're also, I secretly, they're going to love me also. Later. Yeah. They're going to be like, my mom was so cool. Oh my God. My mom saved me from so much. Oh, she just, she loved me so much. I read a lot. And I'm yeah. like really well-rounded and I have like hip, interesting music taste. Exactly. Some parents really struggle with like, all the other kids have the, the terrible things. So my kid has to, yeah, let's let, you know, let your kid go and be a better example to the kids. They, she doesn't, just because the other stupid kids have phones doesn't mean that, okay, well, my kid has to be stupid, otherwise she'll feel weird. Right. You know, I, I think these things are toxic, I don't think they, especially for kids. It's just this thing. It's bad. And right. they, they don't look at people when they talk to them, and they don't build the empathy. You know, kids are mean, and it's because they're trying it out. They, they look at a kid, and they go, you're fat. And then they see the kid's face scrunch up, and they go, ooh, that doesn't feel good to make a person do that right. but they but they got to start with doing the mean thing but when they write you're fat then they just go mm, I'm, that was fun i like that. <laughs> so that tasted good okay so back to our technology thing the availability of music yeah. in little kids yeah. will change like the way they interact with the world. Yeah. The availability of information. like yeah. In elementary school, the fact that you can do a research report and not like, I did a research report on cheetahs. I went to the library and got a book yeah. on cheetahs and I copied some stuff out of the book. Microsoft and Carta. Yeah. yeah. Um, that now you can be like, Wikipedia cheetahs and learn everything. Yeah. Everything about cheetahs. Yeah. It's just going to change the way that people think about information. Even now, I can't fathom writing a paper without the internet. Oh, yeah. No, I'd, I wouldn't know where to start with, like, first sources or anything. Yeah. Like, JSTOR? But, like, I don't, yeah, I don't know. But that's the internet. Yeah, no, it is. I mean, that's... Where do you... Uh, well, we never have to go back, hopefully. Yeah. I think in the same way, too, that, like, when I go to the grocery store and there's, like, 17 kinds of plastic bags... Like, which what plastic bag do I get? Do yeah. I get, like, it, more expensive? Does that mean higher quality? Less expensive? Does it mean just cheaper and, like, maybe it's just a store brand? And I get overwhelmed with choices or, yeah. like, toothpaste choices yeah. or anything choices. The internet means unlimited choice. And yeah. so I'm wondering how that, too, is changing, yeah. like, the way that we make decisions. Yeah, well, we become we... more indecisive. Yeah. I already feel indecisive. And I think one of the best parts of being a vegetarian is that the choice is made for me. There's like yeah. two options. I can pick between two very easily, yeah. but I can't pick between 20. So I've been finding myself just ordering something that someone else at the table ordered mm-hmm. that sounded good. Yeah. My, <laughs> it's too hard. I have a friend, a good friend from college. Um, it just became this like this running joke where I was just unable to order for myself because everything I would order would taste like ash in my mouth and everything she ordered was perfect and amazing. <laughs> what? No, it was just like, oh, this is terrible and I'd eat her. It's like, yours is so much better. And so she just started ordering for me. Like, we'd go out to dinner and I was like, whatever, Emily, just do it. And she's like, yeah, we're going to eat this. And it was Would you guys get the same thing or she'd no, order she two No, she'd order two things. different things and she just like was like good at picking and I was just crap at picking. Yeah. Which I feel like is a thing to this day. You know what? When someone has a talent that you don't have... Yeah, Lena, Lena, yeah, for Lena. sure. Yeah.
little bit tight on time just because we're having a barbecue here in like 10 barbecue. minutes. Woo! Pew, pew, pew. Thank you for being and doing of this. Course. This is so great. Oh, I'm so excited to now eat snacks with you after talking about snacks and computers. Yeah. And despite all my ambivalence, I mean, I love computers. Yeah. I I do think it's it's one of those like great power, great responsibility things. Yeah. Right? Like we're able to do. I, I read some statistic that like Americans work four more weeks per year because of like the in, like enhancements in mm-hmm. technology. Yeah. Which is cool. Like we're doing a lot more. We've got. But like, what are we doing with all of this like you know spare time that we allegedly have now? Oh, can I say one more thing? Mm. So, um, being in the Bay Area, I think we forget, too, that, like, we're getting stuff way before other people mm. in the country. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I'll have people visit. I had my friend from Maine visit, and he came and he'd never heard of Lyft, never heard of Uber. Oh, and interesting. Was, like, it was maybe two years ago. Yeah. And so, it was, like, very everywhere already yeah. here. And he was like, what is this sorcery? I can <laughs> command a, a car on my phone. Yeah. Um, and now it's in Maine. It's yeah. everywhere. Um, but I find it fascinating that the things that don't even seem all that shocking or new to us yeah. here don't exist in other, like yeah. in other large city, like urban yeah. parts of this I remember country. I, a couple of years ago, I went to visit a friend in Denver and they didn't have Yelp. And I was like, how, how do you do anything? How do you pick things? Yeah. I'm, I was, she's like, we should go to dinner. I was like, okay, yelp.com. And she was like, what's that? And I was like, what's <gasps> happening? You all have this? Ooh. How do you pick? Yeah. Yeah. I anyway, think, yeah. I think that's, I just think that's another fascinating thing. Yeah. Side note. Here's my sidebar. <laughs> prep it. Um, yes, let's eat some snacks or yeah. prep snacks or whatever. Yeah, eat and prep. You're the best. Thank you, you so much. Yay. This is great. Yeah, pew, pew, pew. All right. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye. Snack Overflow was produced and edited by me, Jessie Herba. Music help this week from Drama Gobna. Snack Overflow considers Merd Industries a port in the storm. You can find us online at snackoverflow.fm or on Twitter. Our handle is at snackoverflowfm. If you've been enjoying the podcast, a positive review, <laughs> emphasis on positive, on iTunes would make our day. Thanks for listening. About my public radio voice. Wonderful. From NPR Washington, this is Jack Spear. Oh, wow. That's a good one. Did you see the episode? Or did you listen to the episode of um, This American Life where Fred Armisen pretends to be Ira Glass? I did see that, yeah. Holy oh, shit, it's so, so funny. Good. <laughs> so good. <laughs> <laughs>